Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Penny Mania is in full swing on this episode of the Backdoor Cut, part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. The professor and I talked to the man, Evan Daniels, 247 National Recruiting Director and College Basketball Insider. We talk about Penny Hardaway's hiring and them being picked eight in the AAC, recruiting, including a lot of the top 2019 and 2020 prospects. Talk a lot about Penny, and it is an exciting time for University of Memphis basketball. But first, let's talk Blue Note Bourbon, the barn burner's newest sponsor. Blue Note Bourbon is a small batch of bourbon distilled in Memphis by Memphians. It is delicious. Check out Blue Note Bourbon. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Now, let's look alive. Six God, God, boy. Six God, God, boy. Yeah. Hey. 901 shall be drive. Look alive, look alive. Came up on this side, now they on the other side. Oh well, them dog, we gon' see how hard they ride. I get racks to go outside and I spit it with the guys. We up on the other side. All right, now we're talking to 247's national recruiting director, FS1's college basketball insider, and host of the Sidelines Podcast. The man Evan Daniels. Evan, how are you, man? Thanks for taking the time to join us today. I'm doing great, fellas. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course. Well, you're gracing us with your presence, man, so we appreciate you. <laughs> no, of course. Now, we, we're here to talk some Penny Hardaway and Memphis basketball stuff. We know you had Penny on your podcast recently, so we thought it would be an apt time to talk about him. So we know some of the national media didn't like the hiring when it happened initially, but what did you think personally when it came across the wire that Penny was going to be the head coach of Memphis? Well, I think that there was some skepticism and, and the skepticism that was, and I'm not speaking for myself, I'm thinking more for the national media like you're referring to, because Penny had never coached in college before. Um, I'm actually kind of fascinated by the hire. Um, I think it's one of the more fascinating stories in, in college basketball. And I say that because uh, this is a guy that obviously had a, a really impressive career at Memphis uh, had a really impressive career in the NBA. Uh, he's a big name. He's big in the shoe world, which in turn, you know, these kids are into. And then he goes and coaches in high school, and he coaches a bunch of top 100 players, not any high school in AAU, and he wins a state championship. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he's the head coach in Memphis. So I, I think this scenario and um, everything around it is pretty fascinating, and I, I actually can't wait to, you know, see how this all plays out. You know, he obviously put together a, uh, an impressive staff of big names. And, um, you know, I'm curious to see how, how Memphis does. Now, you mentioned the uh, the state titles. Do you think 
that his his experience winning titles at the state level has anything to do with coaching in college, or do you just sort of say that that's pretty much irrelevant? Um, I mean, obviously, it's very different levels. You're coaching you're coaching and going against uh, some of the best coaches in the country. So, um, you know, I don't know that you can compare the two. Um, but this is a guy that has a lot of cachet uh, from the the levels that he's played at and the, the, the college and NBA coaches that he's been around. Um, so I, I'm curious to see uh, how he does in Memphis. No, we are obviously, too. The, the, obviously, the, there's, there's been some success from a recruiting standpoint, and there's some serious ties on that level, and we've kind of seen that already with you know some of the guys that have gotten committed. Right. Um, they returned top, the top three scores from a 21-win team, uh, team that finished fifth in the AAC last year, and he added a top 30 class yet many have picked them eighth in the AAC. So what are your thoughts as to that? Does that kind of go to the, the, the lack of and coaching I, I experience, obviously? Say, you know, I do want to say, like, I think the reason the national media originally wasn't necessarily thrilled with this was because I think the thought was that Tuckabee Smith was kind of treated wrong on the way out. Um, and I actually agree with that. I'm not saying that this wasn't the right move for the Memphis program, but, like, Memphis recruited this guy away from Texas Tech knowing exactly who he was knowing that his style and his recruiting style wasn't what Memphis fans would want. And despite winning 21 games, he was kind of let go really quickly. Now, I'm not saying that it wasn't the right move for the program, but it's bad optics all around. And I think that's why, um, you know, some of the national media wasn't necessarily thrilled with how that was handled. In terms right. of like, in terms of this coming season, you know, returning the top three scorers, that's great. He added a couple uh, good players in the offseason, local standouts like Tyler Harris and, and Alex Lomax. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do in the league. So kind of switching over to the recruiting side of things. So Memphis Madness is, in the past, it's been a big recruiting tool for for the university, kind of a big hype night for our program. Uh, and next week, uh, they just released some names of some big-name entertainers that are going to be there next week, like Drake, Justin Timberlake. Do you think that Penny's celebrity status and his ability to bring in big name artists has anything to do with uh, like giving him another advantage in recruiting? Well, I mean, I think any time you can associate with, you know, superstars like Drake and um, Justin Timberlake, it's it's a positive and it's only good publicity for your program. Is that going to lead to commitments? I don't know the answer to that. Probably not. I don't think that the kids are choosing schools just because Drake is at their, that you can have positive uh, momentum, positive press. It's a good thing for your program. And, you know, look, they, they've been, since Penny has gotten there, they've kind of turned into one of, from a publicity standpoint, the cool schools because it's Penny Hardaway coaching there. Um, you know, I think the whole shoe thing factors in. Him getting that sprinter and putting it on social media. Like, Oh, yeah. It's a lot of um, things that kind of, draw you to take a look at Memphis. And I think from that standpoint, it helps, but I don't think kids are, are making commitments off, you know, who's showing up at their midnight madness, but it certainly doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt. No. Yeah, definitely. And Memphis fans have kind of kept, uh, we've recently become interested in recruiting again because we're now in the battle with some high level players. Can you give us a rundown on kind of where you think that Memphis stands right now with some of the top level players in the next few years classes? You know, obviously that they're heavily recruiting James Wiseman, and I think uh, they're in a, a battle with Kentucky and a couple other schools uh, for him. Um, I think they're one of two for Trenton Watford with, with Alabama. I think that's probably their competition, and 
similarly for DJ Jeffries, I think they're one of two, but I think it's them and, and Mississippi State. And, you know, I would, if I was handicapping it, I would probably say they're the leader for DJ Jeffries. Um, and they already have a commitment from a guy, Malcolm Dandridge, that Penny coached at Memphis East. And uh, I think Malcolm's going to be able to help them with his toughness, his physicality, his ability to rebound. Uh, there's a lot to like there. What sort of player is DJ Jeffries? I know he, he's an area recruit, and he was originally committed to Kentucky and then decommitted. Um, and so what sort of player would Memphis be getting if DJ Jeffries were to commit? He's a versatile combo forward that I think does a good job of rebounding. Uh, he's mobile. He can run the court. Uh, I said that he's active on the glass and pursues the basketball. And then offensively, he's versatile. I'd like to see him improve his ball handling, improve his long-range shooting. But uh, there's some versatility there, and uh, I think he's a, a combo forward that can help him. Is um, Have you heard the rumors that Trendon Watford and, and James Wiseman may or may not want to play together? Do you know if there's any credibility to that? I don't know if there's any credibility to that. And what about in uh, 2020? I know that Jalen Green and R.J. Hampton just took an official visit, uh, which Memphis fans were very excited to see. And, in fact, James Wiseman visited as well. The three of them kind of had this whole unicorn family thing going on of, of super high-caliber players. How, how should Memphis look to approach that recruitment, and do you think there's a chance that they could end up Tigers? All three of them? Or? Sure. Um, I mean, Jalen Green and R.J. Hampton are going to make their own separate decisions. Are they friends because of USA Basketball? Yes, and that's where James Wiseman comes into play. They played on the U16 team last year that won a gold medal, and Jalen Green and R.J. Hampton played this year. The U-17 team that won a gold medal, James was, was hurt. Um, but, I mean, I, I think they've done a good job of, of, of building relationships with, with Green and Hampton. There's obviously a prior relationship there with Sam Mitchell having coached uh, EBO this past spring. Um, and, you know, I think anytime you can get kids on campus early, uh, it's a big deal. And I think that they're taking advantages of the, the new rules that allow kids to take official visits uh, during their junior season, and I think that was smart. Uh, are they going to get them? Uh, I don't know. I think it's way too early to know that. I don't think Jalen Green or RJ Hampton are making college choices anytime soon. Now, for every ex-NBA player that turns coach for their alma mater success story like Hoiberg at Iowa State, there's like a Clyde Drexler. Uh, well, you know, why do you think that is? What, what makes someone successful at the college level like this? And then what's the difference maker for, for a failure? Um, that's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer to that. I mean, I think every situation is different. Every coach is different. Um, I don't think that there's just one thing you pinpoint and say, this collection of guys wasn't successful for this. I think every scenario is different. Um, you know, obviously Penny Hardaway has a, a lot of basketball knowledge and, um, but having knowledge and being able to coach are two separate things. And obviously with his reputation, his, um, likeness, his name, uh, the history he has in Memphis. Uh, there's a lot for Memphis fans to be excited about, and we'll see how he does on the court. I know there was some talk of a Larry Brown possibility, and, and but of course with Larry Brown comes the incredible basketball knowledge, but also some of those uh, some of those the, some of the baggage, I guess, with the restrictions. So you know, we we, we fans were thinking about maybe that as a possibility. Uh, what would you have done if you were the school? Do you think that would have been an appropriate course of action to hire Larry Brown or not? Um, I mean, I think if, you know, obviously there's a relationship there and uh, Larry's a wealth of basketball knowledge. And if he were willing to be an assistant coach, it's certainly an avenue I would have looked into if I was a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Evan, are you going to come down to a game this year, man? Are we going to have you in the FedEx Forum? That's a great question. I don't know yet. I haven't made my, uh, my college um, schedule yet, but I'm not terribly far away living in Nashville. Uh, not too far of a drive. So we'll see. Awesome. Yeah, 
hopefully you got that December 15th game versus UT circled on your calendar. Yeah, we'll see. I, um, I, uh, you know, I cover high school recruiting too. So college season is, is difficult for me to, to mm. determine where I'm going and, and when until I get my high school schedule mapped out too. So especially in December, but I'm looking forward to both seasons. It should be fun. Last question before we let you go. Um, I know you, you cover recruiting in general too. So are there any other recruits in the American athletic conference and any other schools and recruiting classes that, that Memphis should be looking to as going to be a good foe in the conference? Well, I mean, I, Danny Hurley's going to get Connecticut turned around and I think that's a, a school you know they picked up two uh, commitments here recently and Jalen Gaffney and James Booknight and I think Danny Hurley's going to get that program headed in the right direction awesome awesome well Evan we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come join the show and uh, we look forward to more of your coverage and hopefully look forward to you crystal balling Memphis and in, in a lot of recruits <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for having me guys good luck with your show thanks man yep, thanks. take, take care right. All right. Well, that was Evan Daniels, uh, Fox Sports 1's college basketball insider, national recruiting director for 247 and host of the Sidelines podcast. You can find him at at Evan Daniels on Twitter. Uh, and again, he knows what's going on in the world of recruiting. So it sounds like it's pretty early to, uh, to determine anything with, uh, with regards to the 2020 recruits, but it is good to have them on those official visits. How'd you feel about it? Do you feel like you feeling good about Wiseman? Are you feeling good about Trenton Wadford? Are you feeling good about DJ Jeffries? What do you think? Yeah, I would say that Wadford is probably, we have a better shot at getting him necessarily than Wiseman, just because anytime you go heads up with Cal, the, you know, you're definitely fighting an uphill battle there, even though Penny obviously has the, the history and everything there with him, but we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. And I know that DJ Jeffries, his dad has kind of been, uh, talking recently on the local radio shows and an interview with the daily Memphian talking about how, uh, DJ Jeffries did an official visit last week. I think it was and how it went really well and how he was very impressed and that Penny made, uh, made it a point to show how DJ was going to be a part of his system. Should he come play at Memphis? I think that if DJ's dad could play college basketball right now, he would have committed on air and Jason and John. That man was hype on Memphis. And I, did, I didn't get to hear it, unfortunately. Yeah, you got to listen to it. He's like, he's got stars in his eyes as a dad. I mean, obviously, Penny probably played when he would have been of relevant watching age, you know. So it's, a, it's, it's definitely one to watch and something that might very well happen at Memphis Madness. But it's hard to imagine listening to his dad talk about the program, Penny's prioritization of DJ and the parents' understanding of what the program can do for DJ and not think that DJ is not going to commit. Amazing move would be to commit to Memphis Madness. That would be a showstopper move. Uh, and, and if you're a high school kid, like going to center court and hearing 18,000 people cheer for you and be the most excited at, at anything they've seen thus far would be uh, quite a, quite a uh, determining factor in that decision. And the thing is, you have all these A-list celebrities who would be there, but you would absolutely steal the show from every single person that's there if right. you did that. I mean, that, that would be a pretty baller move on their part. It can't be understated how Penny has effectively turned the Memphis program in six months into the coolest college basketball program in the country. And he's taking advantage of his status as celebrity. Like you said, he's getting celebrities literally to his college basketball event. And he is making the school very similar to Kentucky. Uh, Cal, that's what he does. He makes the program cool. He makes kids want to be around. He has celebrities and NBA players hanging out at the facility. Who do we just see at, at the uh, Memphis facility? We saw Jason Tatum. 
you know, literally the, the runner up for rookie of the year, one of the most popular up and coming young players is literally chilling, playing pickup at the facility. It's incredible. I mean, that's the stuff that kids want to join. Yes, of course they want to win. They want to play on the big stage, but that stuff really matters to kids. It's, it's really hard for us to remember, but I mean, that that's why Cal does it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more than just basketball. It's, there's a lot of hype and, you know, pomp and circumstance and just, excitement that that really does play a factor especially with this recruiting and even just today 24 7 a couple hours ago broke some news that uh Jimus Ramsey um he's a top 40 guard out of Texas he's going to use one of his official visits on us for uh Memphis Madness next week Ooh, so that he might commit to uh, might he, <laughs> we're we're uh I think he's uh, we're fighting against Arizona and a couple other pretty big schools for him. But, I mean, that's a recent development that obviously six six months ago, we we certainly were not on his radar at all. Yeah, he. I mean, that's, that's crazy to just be able to get in with kids this late and then them take you seriously enough to take an official visit. And this kid, too, is apparently just like a really, really athletic, fast-paced guard that can shoot the three and get to the rim, plays the way that Penny wants to play. Uh, you know, using high athleticism and high IQ as well. So uh, it would be awesome to see him commit as well. Um, be amazing stuff, man. There's just so much hype around the program right now, which believes me to, to a bit, I got beef, man. I got, I got, uh, I got roast beef with some of these national media. And it, look, to me, it's perfectly fine. If you want to dislike the administration or how they treated Tubby, I, I don't agree with it either. It needed to happen. It just sucked. But it, it wasn't it wasn't right, and I understand that. But you shouldn't take that out on Penny. It's not his fault, like at all. Uh, no, not at all. You shouldn't change your expectations for how good a coach Penny's going to be based on how the administration treated Tubby. That that to me doesn't make sense. So when I ask that question, I mean, you're, you return most the, all the good players from a 21 win team, of course, coached by Tubby Smith, that finished fifth in the AAC. Then you add a top 30 class, pick them eighth in the AAC. There is literally. Nothing to interpret from that except for the national media thinks that Penny is going to be a bad coach, not a mediocre coach. He was mediocre. Terrible coach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) An an actively bad coach. Like he he can't win more games with an older roster. Like, you know, all these guys that were juniors are now seniors. And he adds these firecracker freshmen who are all top area recruits. And he, they think that he's going to finish not only not fifth, but eighth. They think they're gonna. He's gonna finish under five hundred, is what they're saying, and that that to me, everyone can act like that's it's not what it is. But they're saying that they think Penny's gonna be bad, or maybe they're taking out some of that tubby on Penny. Uh, I think either is illogical. I think you have to at least assume Penny's gonna be neutral. Like you can't assume he's gonna. We you know we as fans can't think he's gonna be good either. That's illogical. It's also illogical to think he's gonna be bad. To me, you have to assume neutral until he does one or the other. Right? Like if he sucks, then he sucks. Then year two, we can be like. Well, he has a lot of recruits, but he wasn't good. He's not a good coach. So, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, like, we've been in that boat before, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Josh Pastner era. Hell, even John Calipari has faced a lot of that, you know. So, yeah. he just always has such overwhelming talent. That's what's, and I'm just kind of un- un- unearthing some beef right now, but that's what's always funny to me is like the, the same people that say, like, yeah, Calipari, like he just wins with talent, he overwhelms everyone with talent. And, and he's not the best of coaches, but he just, he, he's a great recruiter and a great salesman to these kids. The, so those same people will then say, yeah, well, the only reason Penny won in high school is because he had talent. We don't know if he can do that at the, at the college level. 
Well, that doesn't make sense. That's the same thing. Like I, it, you can overwhelm people in college with talent as much as you can in high school. Like it's the same thing. So I don't understand why people can't at least acknowledge that he could do that. It's just weird to me. I don't understand what's going on. Oh yeah. It's totally talking out of both sides of your mouth. And it, the thing about college basketball is that talent's going to win. That's going to win you like 70% of your games, just being right. more talented, especially in the, the AAC. teams. Yeah. 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 Our, the AAC is not strong enough to, to be a conference that pushes you out because you are not super well coached and you don't have, you know, Pat Riley coaching you. Right. That's You're not, not coaching uh, against Izzo. You're not even coaching against Cal yeah. I mean, Like the, the two best coaches in the AAC are Greg Marshall and Mick Cronin uh, with, you know, Wichita State and Cincinnati. Great coaches. They will outcoach Penny. I can guarantee that. But yeah. otherwise, you know, I mean, I guess the, the you know, at, at uh, UConn, he'll, he'll definitely have the program turned around. But uh, other than those three, there's what, like nine other teams that you can at least coach as good as? I don't, I don't understand it, but it, it should be interesting to see how it turns out. I'm not assuming greatness, but I'm also not assuming terribleness. No, and I, I really think... A lot of what Penny's been saying in his media days about, you know, Bruton and Martin kind of stepping up as leaders, I, you know, those guys really found themselves last year. And I think that this year, you know, they're, nothing's given to them, so they're fighting for their positions, but they want to win and they know that they need these new guys to be on their side to win. So I think that that team chemistry, it just seems, seems to be going in the right direction right now. No doubt, 100% buy-in from what I've seen from the guys on the roster. The only doubt I have is in the front court. We only have a lot of big bodies. We don't have a lot of guys that can play back yeah. to the basket. Uh, so, you know, it, it, we're kind of playing small ball in the college level, and uh, whereas the, the, in the college level there's still some slowing down, 30-second shot clock, you know, throw it inside, inside-out game. So that's, that's one way that we can be punished. Now the question is whether anyone's good enough to actually punish us you know, and have their big man get like 30 on us or not. But that's yeah. certainly a weakness and it's something that we'll just have to play through all season. We can't outscore everybody if we can even score. So it's an exciting time here at Tiger Nation. And I'm going to Memphis Mass. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And I can't wait for the season to kick off. You got any parting words? Now nah, let's let's hit the ground running and don't let up the gas. And I'm, I really want that UT game. We got to We got to take it to them and claim this state back. It has been long gone. Thanks to Evan Daniels again for joining us. Check him out at Evan Daniels. He's your recruiting guy for 247. And uh, I think lastly, I go Tigers. I go Tigers. Nine on one, Shelby Drive. Look alive, look alive. Came up on this side, now they on the other side. Oh, well, them dog. We gon' see how hard they ride. I get racks to go outside and I spit it with the guys. We up on the other side. I've been gone since late July, niggas acting like I died. They won't be expecting it when Capo go to slide. Cause I told them that we put that shit behind us, but I lied. Hey, hey, look who I'm around, man. If I f up, I'ma be downtown, man. Full flow bound, man. That's if I get caught, man. Push me to the edge, so it really ain't my motherfucking fault, man. I'm not to blame, man. This industry is cut, though. I'm not.